welcome back. How long was it this time? About a week and a half. Could be better. I'll make a note with the team. Thanks. Which horse was it? Affirmative action. Ah, uh, yeah. He's a wily one. Well, so much for keeping Portland weird. What are you going to do now? I have... a podcast to host. Very well, ma'am. Would you like to say goodbye to the frozen head of Jacqueline Kennedy before you go? Sure. What's happening, Jacko? Sid Marvel! He still doesn't say anything else? We're working on it. All right, well, Barack, Jacqueline, I'll see you around. Goodbye. Sid Marvel! You're listening to Big Sewer Naturals. I don't want to smoke, I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke, I just want to smoke. I don't Sorry, the, the the Dragon Ball Z healing chamber fluid was still caught in my throat. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm back from the dead. Um, you know, as as you know, the Kennedys have a, a wealth of resources at their disposal, including some of those uh, healing chambers from Dragon Ball Z. You might think they weren't real, but no, they were based on a true story, and the Kennedys have one of them, and they put me in one, and I'm fully healed. I, I'm smarter, faster, stronger, and sometimes when I'm tired, I, I sound like I'm from Boston. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited to be back. My question for you is: Does this confirm, um, like, whether or not you are a legitimate blood member of the Kennedy family? Well, here's the thing: It's like. How blood related is blood related? You I've know, heard rumors like spread, second, spread by third, me, fourth cousin, spread by yours truly, that Robert Kennedy <laughs> Jr. Um, is your biological father. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, I I can neither. Uh, confirm nor deny that according to the NDAs I signed as well as um, the parental test we took the the, the courts have those uh, documents Did you sign sealed. an NDA when you were um, born? So I am I am no I saw I signed an NDA when um, we we needed to to uh, you know get some uh, we, we needed to uh, confirm the parentage you know mm. so um I can neither confirm nor deny these rumors um, due to several, you know, legal tie-ups that are currently okay. happening. Do, um, do they tell you um, when you get to the Kennedy uh, family cryogenic Goku chambers to revive mm -hmm. you, do they tell you uh, who killed JFK and, and was it Jackie? Yes, they do. Again, I can't tell you exactly, mm. but I can give you a little hint. 
Um, and it's someone who whose favorite food is sheet metal. Okay, um, that does, that <laughs> that's does really all me. I can say. Um, and then would you consider mm-hmm. yourself like, like, since you were legally pronounced dead at the site of the Port- Portland right. dressage horse competition mm-hmm. and antique car show? Mm-hmm. Um, would you consider yourself like reborn? Or is this just a continuation of the old Kendall? Is this sort of an, like a new? Or? Like what's the you know, by, what's the deal? By Dragon Ball, you know, it, it, it in Dragon Balls in the Dragon Ball Z universe, um, I would be considered um, a, a, just an extension of of the of the old Kendall. I'd be I'd be the same person. I'd have the same soul. But um, we don't live in the Dragon Ball Z universe, so it's you know it's kind of unknown. I I had some tests done, um, and in terms of like where my soul's at, the test came back a little inconclusive. So I I would like to be treated as if I am the same Kendall, um, but the side effects that will come forward are unknown at this time. Okay, so you have so, no interest um, then in like picking a new name to reflect your your rebirth. No, I think Kendall and Kenny is just fine. By okay, because I had some suggestions. Um, for now. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, if, well, I'd love to hear them. Yeah. Like, you know, so, they, I'm always open to new, uh, new possibilities. Um, the name Renezme, uh, comes, uh-huh. it, it comes to mind. <laughs> you might recognize it from, uh, the, the Twilight universe. And I have some fun information because I know that you love, you love mm-hmm. learning, you love knowledge. So the name Renezme, which as we've just established is a name that was made up in the the twilight canon for bella swan's daughter renesme uh i think her middle name is like charlie but spelled weird cullen um Mm -hmm. so that name which again brand new name didn't exist before the year like 2010 or whenever that book came out um it is now the uh, 988th most popular name in the year 22 or 2022, like up Ooh, from, wee. it's up 267 from the year 2021. I believe that that means that there's like around 200 something babies that have the name Renesme. And um, I have another name for you that this, this one's going to be a little bit more arcane. It's not that popular of a name. Um, but it, it kind of fits your whole uh, thing, um, which is to say mm-hmm. that you're white. Um, the name Hil- Hillary, <laughs> um, which okay. you will be okay. uh, interested to learn, is a significantly less popular name than the name Renesme. So it's a good time to, to grab that name because it is... Wow. Uh, so if Renesme is is 988th most popular, Hillary is 3,000, 3,544. Um, so it's, it's you know, it's like kind of, it's a rare name. I find it really interesting that, you know, even in terms of just her name popularity, Hillary just cannot stop taking L's from, no, I think it's from the 2016 election. Super funny because like, the the name like um is it's an older name like it's it's a 
name that people have had for a while, unlike mm-hmm. Renesmee, which yeah. only has one association. Hillary has it's been it's been around for a minute and like it had mm-hmm. a huge spike in popularity if you look at like um baby name data right in the 90s like when you think it would but it was like also like mildly popular before that from like the 60s to the 80s so mm-hmm. it makes sense that Hillary Clinton had the name that she did because it was just like a, a popular name um or actually she's got to be from before before the 60s that, that one was old um but, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. It was like a popular-ish name, like when she was born. But then there is this steep, steep drop. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and then there's 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 like a little like a little blip, you know, like in the year two thousand seven, like I guess when she was running for president, and then again just nothing. Again. I, but what's like really funny is that like for for it to go all the way down to I think I think in the United States in 2021 there were like 59 total babies named Hillary like this is a pretty <laughs> big country there's a lot of babies born every year in the there's United a lot States of babies born. and and there were there's a lot. like there were like uh I think it was like 180 something babies named Renesmee born in the year 2021. So just mm-hmm. like, again, which only has the, like it is a brand new name made up for the Twilight universe and is not even like a beloved character from Twilight and is mm-hmm. also a name that many Twilight fans, including people that really, really like the Twilight series thought was stupid. So it's like the impact of like the the 13th most popular character in Twilight more beloved than mm. Hillary Clinton, which is just so it's so <laughs> funny to me. But you could oh you God. could be, you could reclaim Hillary for like you could stay, bring it back. I could rebrand uh-huh. it. I could rebrand the whole thing, you know? Um, Someone is going to have to do it or else that name is just going to be, I guess, forever, like, I don't mm-hmm. know, forever tarnished, forever tainted. Naturals go to the polls. Yeah, okay, um, in 2021, <laughs> like, let me, I, I'm on, I'm on, like, a data analyzer page for baby names because I... I mean, as much as I love to spread misinformation, um, mm-hmm. let me see. Let's let's look this up. Um, <laughs> Is this gonna have to go on the work cited page? It, I guess it's gonna have to. Yeah, it looks like like <laughs> fifty nine total, like fifty okay. fifty nine. <laughs> Jesus. Total babies born in 2021 named Hillary. Jesus. That's like I'd like to I'd like to meet those parents. I want to see what they now, look like. Do they all carry NPR tote let's bags? Let's compare that to like 1996, <laughs> okay? Mhm. Yeah. Okay. It was <laughs> like where's where's the number? I'm it's so bad to it's so hard to read data. Uh, 
<laughs> Them's in STEM, we are not. I literally have a math degree. Um, I'm just not seeing the number. But it was it was the 261st most popular baby name for girls in 1993. Um, it was like one out of every 1,500 girls was named Hillary in 93. So... That's so many. That's such a steep drop off. Yeah, she she killed Jesus. it. She killed that name. When I was in college, <laughs> there is this guy that is in my school and his name is Barack. And like, obviously, he wasn't named after Barack Obama because I am older than like Barack was thought of. Um, but I, I guess like, unfortunately for him, there's kind of only one association with that name as well. And this guy mm-hmm. was white. So everyone called him White Barack, but there was not like a there's not a black Barack at my school. Like I've never met a Barack ever. Um mm-hmm. besides him. But he he still had to be white Barack, even though like no one else was there to defend that territory. Anyway, I just think like I think you mm-hmm. should reclaim Hillary for white mm-hmm. women. Yeah. Much like how I'm like Kennedy, the white Hillary Clinton. Kennedy went to the moon. Or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like you could do like a space race for stuff that belongs mm-hmm. to white women. Mm-hmm. Like scented candles. Wow. You could be the first white white <laughs> Can can we can we can we make a shirt that says I feel like the white Hillary Clinton? <laughs> yeah, we, we can make a shirt that says that. I think no one would buy it, but we can make it. You know? Why not? Go to um, church. Let's see see what's on there. There's a good chance that shirt will not be on there, but some other stuff will be. And maybe that know, shirt will be there. I don't know. Speaking of content monetization. Oh, good segue, good segue. Ham-fisted promos. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna get into the episode now. I I wanna I wanna preface this um, by saying like we have a couple episodes on like Tumblr events in recent history, but like I feel like it should be kind of clear from just like our episode roster the fact that our title is like about titties and not about like internet can I has cheeseburger whatever the fuck. Um, <laughs> We've kind of been actively working against the idea that we here at Big Soy Naturals are just like a Tumblr history podcast. No one, no one thinks that about us. No one's no ever one said thinks that, that to about us. us. You don't but, have to like, defend I, yourselves I just, from that. No, no one's ever said <laughs> you it. Know, I, I just think like it's it should be clear that like that's not like our bread and butter. We're not like even though we've done it several times, mainly we've because done it, like. like twice. Yeah, but like, you know, I just I want to like say like that it's like it is like at least 1000 like bisexual femmes and thems are doing like the same thing across the internet. I am not of a just like Tumblr history. <laughs> well, I'm you're normal. not. I am. I'm <laughs> normal. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we we are not YouTubers going like, whoa, we're, this we're not... crazy, crazy thing happened on Tumblr. And just kind of like re-reciting what happened from like the wikipedia page or some stolen tumblr like uh 
recitation of of the folklore that happened yeah it's truly not um, that interesting also it, it kind of bumps it's also me very yeah that it's kind of boring those those sort of things and being like oh yeah mm-hmm. people used to have fun on the internet get off youtube let me let me let me let me preface let me also say just like as like an addendum if it's a lot of you do not and this is coming from somebody with it with a podcast that goes over two hours like all the time a lot of you do not possess the vernacular or the charisma to be talking on YouTube with your full face staring at me for over two hours, like, or an hour, even just an hour. And like, cause most of the time you are just re-reciting what happened to like, from like a Wikipedia page. Is this so, better because it. we aren't showing our faces or is it because like, it's because we're, we're smart, okay. we're interesting, and we're also not on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. I think those are three things that we have going for us that the YouTube video essayists do not. Do you want to um, take a however, bet on if this episode is going to go over two hours or not? Oh, it's definitely going to go over two hours. I'm gonna I feel say, that in I'm going to say that it's not. And if it, <laughs> and if it doesn't, then you will have to uh, register to vote um in the next election and vote exactly how i I tell you to no (laughs) what what well what happens if you lose uh if i lose then i will like buy you a beverage when i'm in portland so i have to i have to participate in voting i have to stand in lines Listen, and you just get to buy me a pepsi are you the white hillary clinton or not you know i am just chilling in cedar rapids so i guess <laughs> so what are we what are we learning about today okay what's happening yeah, we you know um so like we're going to be talking about um Tumblr user pizza. Cool. So like before every like Joe and Sally Normal was able to turn on a ring light and monetize their fucking every waking moment, it was actually pretty difficult to monetize your existence online. Um it wasn't like it at this point in time in like the 2010s, it wasn't unheard of it wasn't something that you couldn't not do but it was definitely not like a normal part of your career path um being on the internet period wasn't exactly seen as like a natural way to garner yourself onto a career path right what what year are we Um, talking about here we're talking like 2011 to 2013 it was starting to pick up popularity with like youtube and things like that um, there were people who were like getting lucky, you know, enough to get enough of a fan base. And there were digital agencies cropping up. BuzzFeed was like getting into its peak. So like there's a there's a decent amount happening. But in terms of just like the written word, like the micro blogging, um, Tumblr's format didn't really like lean well into like commercialization. And there's a lot of factors that play into this. Um, in fact, there's there's. Um, there's a, a couple interviews with David Karp, um, the founder of Tumblr, um, from can this I, period can I get where a he's daddy from you, Kendall. Can you, can you say daddy? <laughs> a daddy Karp. Yeah, daddy Karp. Um, he was not that yeah. hot. He's not even. <laughs> he was I mean, not hot like, at all. He just looks like a, he looks like a guy, but like a guy. Yeah. 
He's not they, ugly, they but he's not... over that man on Tumblr. Yeah. Back in yeah. The day. Yeah. There are a couple articles from, uh, like in interviews with David Karp where he, he said he's like, a, he's pretty opposed to like traditional advertising on Tumblr just because, um, he said like, quote, like we're pretty opposed to advertising. It really turns our stomachs. What he means is essentially it's like, it's not, um, God, he doesn't think it's smart to use traditional advertising. Yeah, mm-hmm. those really were the days. Um, but you can you can take your pick as to like the factors that uh, led to Tumblr not really being good for monetization. Like a user base that was made up of anonymous teens with very little disposable income, a lack of an ability to create monetizable content directly on your blog outside of the occasional ad placed in the bottom hand corner or on top, um, a follower count that was private to the user. Uh, the fact that literally any and all brands and celebrities who tried to use the platform were ruthlessly bullied, um, and also didn't really know how to fucking use it. Uh, take your pick, you know, spin the wheel. Um, celebrities the still best don't know way- how to use social media. They just have gotten smart and have hired people to run their social media for them now. But you can you can really see yeah. the difference between the ones that are mm-hmm. um, still using their own accounts versus someone that's that's given the passwords to someone else. Yeah. Again, I'd like you to 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 look at some old celebrity Tumblr blogs, and you you can see that they Again, they they, they I were, would they like were you to them. look at Nicki Minaj's current Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Like they like the different the, there is a stark difference and yet you can still see when like little bits crop through but it's still very rare, um, it, it you know like there the the two best ways to monetize your Tumblr blog were again like what I mentioned which is like putting banner ads um which we'll get to put a pin in that, um, or uh often the the best way at the time to for Tumblr blogs and like a lot of novelty Twitter accounts as well to get some form of like monetary compensation for posting was to get a book deal. Um, I don't know if a lot of people remember this. I do very, very well. Um, Cause I used to rant about it to my friends all the time. Um, <laughs> Cause I just thought it was really silly. Um, uh, like the Tumblr blog to book deal pipeline had like a massive boom around this time, as well as like the novelty Twitter account, quite a few like novelty Tumblr accounts got, the chance of a lifetime to become a coffee table book sold for 50% off on Black Friday at Barnes and Noble, and maybe someone's grandma or mother-in-law would pick it up and give it to you in 2011. But it was like, this was such like a, a new idea at the time that your blog could become a book. Um, that like Tumblr well, was very- was, the, This was true for Twitter also. Um, yeah, yeah. It was, and, it was and like, it makes, just like part of the- um, because it, there wasn't a direct pipeline to like content monetization, mm-hmm. like that, that it made sense that the push was to like, rather than trying to make the platform that someone was on be something that, that mm-hmm. was successful and something that they could use to make money off of, like that instead commercial interest was like, no, let's, let's move you off the place that people like you on, um, yeah. <laughs> and put you somewhere else. Also, I just want to say like the bar for being funny was so low like to be like someone that was that had like a funny account I um just like was curious while we were um like thinking about this and I looked up I don't know if you remember 
shit my dad says the twitter mm-hmm. account and i was like let me just see some oh, do of, i some of these tweets like what passed for humor in the year 2011 here's one you look just like stephen hawking relax i meant like a non-paralyzed <laughs> version of him feel better fine forget i say it or okay here's another one tell me if this makes you laugh Oh, please, you practically invented lazy. People should have to call you and ask for the rights to use lazy before they use it. Like, that's not even a joke. <laughs> that's like I'm, I'm... the lazy store called. They. <laughs> Cancel my subscription. I'm over your issues. Like, um, like, I love eating bacon. Son, don't eat yep, all the bacon. bacon time. I love to eat a- the bacon. Epic, epic bacon time. Send tweet, and then someone's like, <laughs> Literally. okay, book deal for you. This is, I. we should, you should tra- time travel to the year 2011. And just drop, drop some fire tweets um, and get ourselves a book deal. <laughs> I think, I think that'd be a great choice. Like, it's also just like, it's very like, it's it it I can see the linear decision that like publishing companies and marketers would make of like a blog and a tweet is the written word. So of course it should translate one to one into a book. You read blogs and you look at images and words on your computer, so surely they will buy a book with the same static images and words that they have already seen when they can go to the page that is already updating with new and fresh content mm-hmm. every day instead. Like, um, Tumblr was pretty happy to brag about this, though, on their website. I found an old link um, via the Wayback Machine, which is how I found most of the stuff that um, for this episode. Um I found like a link from their website to their directory where they had a list of blogs that had received book deals. Um, They include things like look at this fucking hipster Garfield minus Garfield. This is, this is why you're fat, which was like a food porn blog. Um, And animals (laughs) was the bane of my existence. Cause the uh, (laughs) first, like this was back when everyone was, always trying to pretend like they were horny for like regular stuff and so instead of just saying like yummy they'd be like ooh foodgasm like i will kill myself if i have to ever see ever again like an epic milkshake that has like like seven layers of candy on it that you can't even shove the straw through like who's supposed to eat I oh it drives me insane hated the the food porn food gasm era when people are and like a- i want to throw it back to 2010 i want i want indie sleaze i want you to know that you are thinking also whether or not you realize it about bringing back the epic bacon movement. And I refuse to let that happen. <laughs> it it's it's just awful. Oh, and and don't forget everyone's favorite animals with casts as in like just like a broken arm. Do you think that people photos maybe, of animals with do you casts? Think, this is fucked up, but do you think that anyone like broke their pets <laughs> limbs so that they could get so they could get on the blog? Yeah. Oh my god. Because okay, you know that, not... like, 
people I you know how people are yeah no I do oh my god uh I I shiver I shake maybe not that but maybe their pet did have like a broken arm and then they just put the cast back on Mm. that I could see that happening as well um but yeah like that was like one of the main ways outside of like AdSense to kind of get um your blog monetized in some way um outside of the app itself and like I just want to like like the reason I'm bringing this up at all like the book deals and stuff is because like it points to um both like like you said before like the the humor around this time was just so it was awful like empty and hollow and just quirky girl pizza is bay bullshit and speaking of pizza um here comes a blonde blue-eyed australian 16 year old is it you uh, no um i'm not nor sorry nor i'm not australian well, um <laughs> i i guess like the the other thing is that like the question of like why was it so hard to monetize content back then is because mm-hmm. like the idea of being just like a regular whoever and having uh, an online presence that people wanted to, to like flock to was still fairly new. And like mm-hmm. prior to Twitter, Tumblr, there was MySpace. And like, I think that a lot of the popular figures on MySpace made um, a pretty quick pivot to music or being involved in music. And that was how they like monetized their platform rather than like getting people to spend more time on MySpace, which also would not have made sense for like the technology that people had available at the time because you were going on MySpace on a desktop. So you wouldn't be like endlessly like spending time on MySpace and then like clicking on ads and like affiliate links and like going online shopping and stuff. But like by Mm -hmm. 2011, um, there were a couple of like social media sites where you could just randomly god do you remember stumble upon you could stumble, stumble upon, upon you could stumble upon someone that was a stranger that was just a person that maybe had an online presence that you liked mm-hmm. um and the idea that like just a regular whoever would turn their their funny hahas into money um was a pretty new idea at the time I was trying very hard to monetize my content circa 2011. Um, I got a man to buy me a lamp. There were many grown men who bought teenage (laughs) me on Tumblr, uh, various household appliances and school supplies. Um, Because I had, uh, this is problematic. I had an Amazon wish list like linked on my (laughs) Tumblr. I didn't, I like, I didn't know. Oh, everyone did. I didn't no, know everyone I, did. I know. I didn't know what I knew now. Um, yeah. And and gr- grown men would uh, c- come into my blog after saying very strange things to me and sometimes literally coming on my selfies. And then I would be like, thanks, and direct them to my Amazon wish list. Um, but there was no like direct uh, monetization options. Um, no, no, that that was just you trying to get some some pencils and a lamp. Yeah, um, <laughs> I did. I did which, get a like, lamp. Yeah, and it's just that it's also clear that like these these book deals only happened for people who weren't personas but were like novelty accounts, like you know the Garfield minus Garfield, the the animal 
accounts that are just pictures of other people's animals, um, pictures of hipsters, a lot of like joke novelty books about hipsters don't If you understand. were to start a popular 2011 style like Twitter or Tumblr account to go famous, ooh, ooh. like what would be the theme? Um, ooh, that's tough. I think I, I'd want to go for... I think I'd want to go for like one of the fashion blog girlies because like that's easy to pivot into like something like a real career. <laughs> a I, lot of them did. So I think mine I think that- would be I would title it like um, what we're all thinking before we have our coffee. Um, <laughs> 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 um, and it would just be like um, like really snarky like uh like i don't ever want to eat kale like uh give me my bacon um yeah s- sort of things and then and then i mm-hmm. could maybe get like a line of mugs or something that comes yeah. out of that but people loved they loved snark, they loved I think, snark? I th- and i think i could jump on that if i time travel to 2011 that's what i'm gonna do they loved snark they loved relatable content mm-hmm. um and, so Miss you know, Miss Pizza, Miss Miss Pizza, aka Jess Miller, and I'll be calling her Jess a lot just because I think it it kind of, um, it 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 helps you kind of understand more of her as a, as a person rather than just I don't want to I also just don't want to keep saying pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very surprised to find out she was pretty popular before she ever took the pizza URL. Um, she originally had the URL I want my fairy tale ending. And was not yet like a, yeah, I know. And was not yet a Tumblr funny man. Um, She mostly posted like hipster photos, like just girly things kind of stuff. Like, you know, photos. She said she posted photos of summery things, like things like beaches and like girls in denim shorts. Used to, that used to be a thing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, like summer blogs, like posting like summery related photos. And the, like, occasional one-liner. Are you allowed um, to be like, I miss summer when you are from Australia? Isn't it summer all the time there? I mean, doesn't that make you the expert on summer if it's summer all the time? But they don't even, they don't even know that it's good or bad. Like, they don't have anything else. They have no basis. They don't have comparison. a point of reference. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, she did. Uh, all right. Good, good for her. <laughs> So, so and she didn't get you know arrested by the Tumblr cops. So I think mm. I think it was fine. Mm. Um, she did change her URL several times and got about like ninety three thousand followers before ever changing her URL to Pizza, which she did in about twenty twelve. Um, like it, it, when she reached like I think like a hundred k, she she had a celebration post, and then like somebody sent her an anon ask of just like. People only follow you because your name is Pizza. And she was like, I had 93,000 before, like, any of this loser. Like, try again. Um, And that's true. Um, She did do something when she got the username Pizza that I think was pretty clever for the time, if not really annoying. Um, In order to get clout with this username, she would search uh, the tag Pizza and find anyone saying things like, touch my butt and buy me a pizza. Or, like, I hate pineapple on pizza. And she would respond to it like she was the pizza being referred to in the sentence. Can I be, can I be unkind? Um, Absolutely. 
So I've never understood the internet's obsession with pizza because I'm from New Jersey, which is like the only place where pizza is good. So I don't know what the re- like what the rest of the world was eating that like justified this obsession with pizza because I've gotten pizza in other places in the country and it's just not good. Like the only place to eat pizza is South Jersey. <laughs> and See- that's it. I I agree with you that, you know, specifically the Northeast is the only place where you can get good pizza. I'm not um, I'm not I'm not going to say the Northeast cuz I've been I've been to New York. I've had New York style pizza and it's too thin. It's not it's like <laughs> it's just they've made it like You're about to get crucified. Slightly too thin. The, best. the Yanks are coming for you. <laughs> they can come for me all they want because I know that they wish they were in New Jersey. Um, mm. the, the best pizza is boardwalk style. I, you know, I agree with you on that front. However, also, I will say that the best way to reheat like, pizza is in a pan. Okay. I for will, everyone that I will say. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I do think that when you're when you're a little stoned and you're hungry as shit and you want something cheap and you're in the you're not in South Jersey, a Domino's pizza with that no, garlic crust no. is is fine. Fuck off. Is fine. It's not. It's fine. Raise your when you standards. are desperate. This is why I don't smoke weed because I will never. <laughs> <laughs> I will never debase myself and say that a Domino's pizza is fine. This is mm, the, the okay. state of our country. This is what happens when there's no respect for Italian-Americans in society. That people just, mm-hmm. they go ahead and eat a Domino's pizza and they say, this is fine. Yeah. This is why Italy has a fascist president now. Mm-hmm. There's no respect. You know, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I will, like... So like with with <laughs> with the with the touch my butt buy me a pizza stuff when she was responding to other people like eventually it grew into like people just uh filling the pizza tag with posts like is Tumblr user pizza going to respond to this she seems yeah. to respond to everything having to do with the word pizza so like she made a very common tag about herself um it's corny it, the way she did it was corny her humor is ex- extremely corny her most one of her most popular posts is uh josh hutcherson's parents were probably called hutcher dad and josh hutcher mom and i had four hundred and twenty thousand notes and copied by every tweet decker under the sun um upsetting <laughs> yeah so again like like you said the, there was a dirge of humor um during this time but like, like I talked about with the books, her sense of he- quirky girl, like touch my butt, buy me pizza, ugh, epic bacon humor, like was very in line with what was happening at the time. And it worked really well. A lot of people um, like just like started following her um, after that point. It's a, it, changing her name to pizza and searching up all these like different pizza posts is what got her to about 100k. And then around like 2014, um she was like still doing really well, like really popular. Um and then like when Ellen the Generous ordered like 20 pizzas to the 2014 Academy Awards, that one where that famous picture is from 
where she's like surrounded by all those celebrities um yeah like she posted a picture of ellen degen or she just like posted like did you see me at the oscars like haha i am pizza i am all pizza the concept of pizza that is me i embody every single pizza known to man um any piece of cheese any tomato that will be used for a pizza was she even italian she was like the dr manhattan of pizza no she was she was australian and that's it i think they (laughs) might make like italians in Australia. Italian Australians sound off in the in the comments. I know um, we've got that, Australian listeners. Yeah, so do we have Australian Italian listeners? Yeah, let let's us know. find out. Um John Green commented on that Ellen DeGeneres yeah. Oscars post. And so that's how you know like he like she was very, very popular because he's like he was like again like another Tumblr he's daddy that it. they all loved. He's always in it. He's always involved in these in these little pieces of of history about this website. Um, over time, she became like one of the most followed people on Tumblr, possibly ever. Um, and she posted herself around um, like I think it was around like June, maybe May of 2014 that she um, had over a million followers. And when you signed up for like a new account, Tumblr would just recommend her to you as like a blog. You should just follow because she's the most popular one. You mm. should do it. Um, and after two months, like two months after hitting a million in 2014, she vanished. Boop. Blog gone. Blog, blog obliterated. The URL was dead. Um, now, like I, before we get into why, I just want to say again, like Jess is 16 at this point. This isn't to excuse any of the behavior I'm going to talk about immediately after this, but more to say that a high school girl was clout chasing just for like the fun of it and ended up with more fame than she knew what to do with. She did an interview like around 2016, two years after her blog was deleted um, with the Sydney Morning Herald. Um, And she told them that at one point she had been making about like $10,000 a week. She was making more than her mother was. Um, and that's like just a huge transition to be making as a teenager at this point in time when it was not common ever for like a micro blogging teenager to suddenly be making thousands, tens of thousands of dollars from that alone. Like that shocked both her mother, herself, a lot of other people. Um, I can imagine that like you would take some shady deals and do some questionable things um when you have this amount of money um just because like you just don't know what you're doing right and Mm -hmm. none of the people involved knew what they were doing they were all children i'll have you know that's a big part of this again put a pin in that um we are going to be talking about her racism. None of that has to do with what I just said. Um, that is no excuse for that. Um, <laughs> she originally, uh, again, started a blog posting like summary things. And when she was blogging about summary things on like, I want my fairy tale ending, she was competing, started competing with her friend to get more followers. Now, again, like Tumblr follower counts were completely anonymous. Like you, only the user who owns the Tumblr account to this day knows how many followers they have 
unless you posted a screenshot of your follower count, there was no way to know how many followers somebody had. So from the outset, this like this is an entirely private competition between two friends about like clout chasing, right? It's very much like between just the two of them of like who's going to get more followers. You can kind of guess at who has a lot of followers based on how many anonymous asks they get. But unless they, again, unless they post about it, they don't, you don't really know. Um, So they both had like no intention of like becoming famous outside of like the lofty idea of the number of followers you have that again is just for you to really brag about with your friend. Um, she told the Sydney Herald that she changed her URL to pizza because I like eating pizza. That was a cool name and it was available. I am a little skeptical of this only because I do think she was savvy enough as a a teenager competing with her friend to get more followers that she was going to change her URL to something popular and then respond to everyone who used that popular tag and that popular phrase pretending to be that thing like that's you you wanted a little more than that but i will say that like when you were clout chasing in like 2011 on a micro blogging platform not even on like youtube or even to a certain extent twitter you weren't really expecting anything to come out of it outside of just a big follower count um all that to say she is still a white blue-eyed australian teen um, and she has an account, she had an account that was several years old. So people found out that she'd been using the N-word quite a lot three years ago when she was 13 or 14. Classic. That's you know, Classic. One, one of the things that you need to delete when you decide to mm-hmm. start clout chasing. If you, you yeah. just look up, look up your username and all the slurs that you've ever thought of in your life and nuke that. And just, just nuke it from, from outer space. Um, Take a lesson from her in this front. Um, peop- I found some old posts from when, from around that time, I think. I, it's really hard to carbon date these um, in like uh, the Wayback Machine because while the Wayback Machine has a date for when someone reblogged this post, they don't have an exact date of like when the post was like made. You know, it's it's a little difficult. So I did find a couple posts of her when she's like 13 or 14, I believe defending um her use of the n-word and like saying like it's just as racist to call me white blah 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 you know like typical stuff Mm, um so like she there was more than just that she used the n-word she also was very defensive about it you know around that period she's like oh it means Um, something different in australia yeah she also had a tag called n-word stories um, that she used after uh, she was sent like an anonymous ask about how a follower's little sister said it, said the word and a couple more followers sent her similar stories. So she decided in order to categorize all of these stories I'm getting about people saying the N-word, I am going to say the N-word in the tag. Ah, cool. <laughs> and then she also had a black people tag. I don't know what was under that. Um when she was probably called out, she del- <laughs> probably nothing good. When she was called out, she deleted every post under both of these tags and posted an apology video on YouTube that she linked on her blog. But unfortunately, that video has disappeared um, off the Internet completely. A lot of people see- didn't seem to accept that apology. Um, I There's no transcript. I have no idea what was said in it. 
Um, but here's what she told the New Republic. Um, I now completely understand how horrible and ignorant they were and take full responsibility for them. I assume she means the N-words. Um, there's obviously no excuse for me using that word, and despite the fact that it would be difficult for a 13-year-old Australian to understand American racial politics, mm. everyone, including me, knows that it is not appropriate, and I am so frustrated and disgusted at my 13-year-old self for thinking that it was acceptable, especially now after I've taken history and we had a whole semester on civil rights and slavery. She was in college at this point. So, on like, civil rights and slavery in America. They have racism in Australia. Yeah, like a lot. Like, that's why I say, like, she is a white, blue-eyed Australian, because Australians so also funny. have a very particular brand of racism that a lot of people know about. Yeah. Like, uh, it's not like she couldn't have known about a slur, especially if she's using it. Like, it's just, it. it's silly. It's silly shit. Um... <laughs> Like, I just, it's very frustrating, but it's also, like, very typical, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I bring all this up because people had, and some still have, this understanding in their heads that Jess deleted her Tumblr because of the racism callout, or even that Tumblr deleted her because of it. Which, like, if you know anything about Tumblr's, like, complete dismissal of literal Nazis on their platform... Or the fact that they didn't have, like, a single blocking feature for years. Like, <laughs> like I don't know why you would think Tumblr would care um, about this in particular. Um, but it is understandable that some people, like, don't know. Because the thing, is, the thing that really landed her in Tumblr purgatory happened pretty much, like, right after this and during it. Um, I... Just think it's important to mention that for that reason. And also because like I think it's important flavor text for who Jess Miller is. And also to point out that she was already in pretty bad standing with the Tumblr community at large and lost like thousands of followers at this point in time. Um, let me ask you a question, Cerise. Yes. How much money did you used to make as a teen from your jobs? Like on average? Uh, I guess it depends on when we're when we're talking. I started doing bottle service at nineteen. I made a lot of money doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, but minimum wage circa twenty twelve twenty thirteen uh was seven twenty five. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was a I usually worked in restaurants, so I made two dollars and thirteen cents because that's the tip to minimum wage. And then mm -hmm. whatever I would get in tips off of that. So I think like I was doing, I was doing pretty good for a teen. Um, I think I think I was making a little bit under or around a thousand a week um, because mm -hmm. I was working a lot and uh, I was able to make pretty decent tips um, until I started doing bottle service and then then I made a lot more. Yeah. Right. No one do so bottle like, service. It's a terrible job. Not <laughs> worth the money. Very bad. Do not recommend. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, yeah, I I was making around, like, again, like, 213, like you said, and, like, working in um, the Mexican restaurant where I, um, around where I'm I grew romantic. up. And I also did, <laughs> I, I also, I know, I know. I also did holiday work um, for a toy store um, that was in my area. 
Um, that was weird and honestly terrible doing holiday work and having to wrap people's gift last minute gifts. Um, they're all, they're always angry. They're always angry, but I, I always irritated a record store from the time I was 15. And like, there were a couple years where my boss was like, we should be festive and made us play like Christmas music in the store from, I don't know, maybe the, the like end of November to the beginning of January. And it like drove me nuts. I hate Christmas music. Um, I do too. But I, I, I think I pretty much always had two jobs once I was old enough mm-hmm. to start working, um, at least in the summer. And then during the school year, I would have like one and a half. Um, yeah. Why do I, why am I revealing my finances? My teenage um, finances? I'm just, I'm just trying to make the point that I, like we were teens around the same time. Right. Um, True. And around the same time as like Jess. Right. Um, and like on average, like a, like almost every teenager had like a part-time job. Um, yeah, I think I was making way more than the average teen. A thousand a week is a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, quite. Like I would say, I was probably making, like God, I don't know, like eighty dollars a week, depending. Um, like it wasn't, you, it wasn't a lot. Give you more money when when uh, you let them sexually harass you at the restaurant. They pay you extra for that. <laughs> super super fun. Uh, uh-huh. Wasn't something that I ever. Part, like luckily for some reason nobody ever came up to I'm me glad. doing that i think it's because i i think it's because i looked like younger than 16 also mm. like i looked almost too young to do like that's that's not cool that's not okay that's a child you can't like i was yeah. flat as a board like it was yeah. it was not the time to be uh I grabbing my not, ass do not recommend that anyone works at a restaurant either i yeah. think that we Ugh. should get rid of them oh it's terrible never do it don't do it um, but yeah, like, I'm I'm just kind of trying to make the point that, like, a lot of teenagers, like, were not making good money if they had money, you know, if they had a job and were working a job, they were not making the kind of money that Jess was making for a 16 year old. She had some monetized ads on her blog and broke some deals with, like, some small fashion brands and Etsy stores to post her, like, photos of her wearing their clothing um, and she earned about $4,000 from those spon- sponsorships by her admission in like the Sydney Herald article and the New Republic article. Um, and then around like 2014, around this time, two 18-year-old boys, um, Zach Lilly and Dave Greenfield, entered her life. If people know about like the what really got her deleted from Tumblr, they usually think it's because like some kind of advertising company full of grown adults like approached her about like hockey like spamming ads on her tumblr page but it was two like just now legal adults uh, like who were like starting up all these different companies um to like these little get rich quick schemes um to, like that came and approached her with this. Zach and Dave were these like middle school friends who wanted to get into internet comedy and they bought the URL uh, rotflnow.com. Um, I don't know if you know this if you're young, but rotfl means rolling on the floor laughing. Good flavor text for you, I guess. Um, they made a Tumblr to promote 
uh, the site as well, um, and several other social media accounts. Both of these like future digital project manager, they have such project manager energy like radiating off of them. I found one YouTube video of Zach Lilly. Says pro- oh my God. project or product manager. Mm, Not that I'm like mm. that keyed into the difference, but I think Dave is the product manager. Cool. And Zach is the project manager. Of the two of us, um, which am I? Which are you? Who, who's, who's the you're the product manager <laughs> because you make all the merch okay because <laughs> you right. make all the merch cool I and i'm the products. project manager because i edit all the all the podcast audio i cool. think that that works i don't really know what <laughs> either of these jobs are and i had one like uh, um someone explained it to briefly. me and I lost I lost the knowledge not that long after I got it. Um, All I know is that every project manager I've ever met is insufferable and I haven't I met too many product ones. Project manager is like a boss. Yeah. I think a it's project like a middle manager. manager is in charge of you. And I think mm-hmm. a product manager might be like uh, Don Draper vibes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good to know. So you're Don Draper is what you're saying. I I'm As good. always. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you can tell, like, just the, the the business school dropout energy radiates off these two in the way that they talk in the New Republic article. Um, they have, like, a keen eye for digital grifting really early on. In 2009, Zach was one of the first people to upload the audio of Obama calling Kanye West a jackass after the uh. great Taylor Swift mtv awards debacle obama is a race traitor for that (laughs) yeah so obama is involved in this you're happy to know i'm Mm -hmm. sure um (laughs) uh he was one of the first people to upload that clip to youtube i think it was it was aired in the news and then he kind of took that clip and just kind of put it on youtube to just get some free views you know Mm -hmm. um Cerise, would you mind reading the quote from the New Republic I put under this? I um, would mind because I have to, I have not had the doc open this whole time. I've just been listening <laughs> to you talk. Um, so I will have to scroll mm-hmm. and then find the quote. Can you, can you use a find feature on your phone at all or no? Like probably. Um, okay. It is, is wait, so um, wait, page is four. It? Is it it's uh, Lil- it Lily Reed from the New Republic? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Lily read me the video's YouTube description out loud. Obama calls Kanye West a jackass. Actual audio. Obama, Kanye West is a jackass. A jackass. Obama, Kanye West is a jackass. And muttered, wow, I was already so meta. I thought he meant meta as in self-referential, but he meant meta like metadata. As in search engine optimization. Cool. I didn't know what metadata meant. Thank you for that. <laughs> like That's so like, lame. Like, yeah, right? It's just like the lamest guy. Like the, the lamest kid on planet Earth. Like, oh my God. Business, this is why business school dropout energy. To bring back bullying. I know that some of you listening are teenagers. <laughs> Please start bullying your classmates for being dorks. Mm-hmm. Some of them need it. They will, because children are the future. And we, if we mm-hmm. teach them what we know, then they will grow up to be the leaders of tomorrow. And mm-hmm. 
everyone gave our peers like victim complexes for knowing like who Batman is. And that's why the world is like this today. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's just so insufferable. Um, so the first time uh, the boys like so relatable or ROTFL Tumblr blog uh, got more than like $50 a day from a banner ad. They both decided to like abandon the other social media forms and like Tumblr was going to be their thing. Um, like they immediately from the outset were trying to grift. Like that's, you can tell from the, everything they say and just from like the mission from the beginning, they were trying to grift. Um, and it's like enticing as a kid. Like I really get it. Like as an, as an 18 year old, um, Lily states like in the new Republic that he worked at a diner and never made more than again, like about $80 a week. So it's obvious from the start that unlike Jess, they didn't like join Tumblr for the fun of having a blog and posting summary things, or even just like clout chasing with friends. Um, but for the express purpose of making money, mm. like they saw that their banner ads got some money from them and they decided, okay, we're going to abandon the other sites and just use Tumblr and focus on that. Um, so they launched the blog. So a hyphen relatable. And if you recall blogs, like just girly things, dear listener, uh, that like posted like aesthetic, like a post of like an aesthetic image with text over it that said something like when he plays with your hair, um imagine that but without the image behind it just like a plain color and something like when i open a loaf of bread i skip the first slice because it's always the worst or drawing a pointless arrow at the bottom of a the page to tell the teacher to flip it over and i'm linking one in the in the comments where they they started adding gifts wow real real mind-blowing when it's like when i'm about to ask my parents something and it's so pixelated but i think it's like, so it's a, like a gif of this miley is like cyrus a, making a funny face what if it yeah. was an image that is not miley yeah. cyrus kendall i can't tell that's that's russell brand <laughs> <coughs> holy shit oh my god this I can't fucking see. Yeah, but there's a mustache and a beard, and at no point in Miley's I, life has she I had barely of glanced those. at it. <laughs> My come bad. On. Um. Come on. Uh, okay. Um. Just unrelated. I have to say, we're talking about Russell Brand for a moment. I don't know mm -hmm. if you're familiar with the the book that everyone has read capitalist realism because it's a hundred pages so of course everyone's I, read it but yeah mark fisher the author he has this other essay called like exiting the vampire's castle that i feel like used to get like cited to me a lot back when like cancel culture was called call out culture um mm -hmm. and it's it's a it's an essay that he wrote about like how uh like call out culture is bad and that it's like moralizing in the same way that the like church is and then this, there's something also about like a witch hunt and I forget all of the different like words that he uses it's it's not a totally bad essay it's not that great either um but the the point is actually just that like the entire um like 
physical basis for that essay was that people were being mean to Russell Brand, like, uh, on Twitter. And, like, they were, like, saying that his comedy isn't good. And he was like, okay, let me fire off an essay about, like, the harmful effects of call-out culture. And I don't think that the essay is, like, totally, totally bad, but it is so funny. Like, even Mm. at the time, I remember reading that being like, all this for Russell Brand, <laughs> just although if he's begging if he's the for inspiration, a taste of Russell Brand, if he's the inspiration behind Teenage Dream, like then he gets some points because that's like a great. It's song. a good song. Um, it's, a, it's a great song. People used to take Russell Brand seriously as like a like a capital L leftist. I think if we didn't have podcasters, mm. then we'd still have Russell Brand. But I think that like men with microphones have taken his place. Anyway, sorry. So relatable.tumblr.com. Yeah, it's it was a very again another like it like imagine just girly things without any of the effort. What it um, is is it's it's a tweet. It's a tweet, yeah. but it is now for some reason on an image. Yeah, it's on an That's image like because marked because an Im- an image um gets more attention than a text mm-hmm. post. That's why they made they they made a text post into an image. So both you um, would pay more attention to it according to social media metrics and um, you couldn't just copy and paste it. You would at least have to put in the effort of hand typing it yourself in order to steal it. So take that tweet deckers um, who would steal Tumblr posts like fucking all the time. Um, Even boring, low effort ones like this that are just like relatable content um it's somehow even lower effort than keyword searching pizza and telling people that you're beyonce or something um that was like a one of her most popular text posts was just like oh is tumblr user pizza secretly beyonce and she's like no maybe yeah yeah um but the so relatable thing worked they got about twenty thousand followers in their first month um, and then after adding the occasional gift to a post, again, like social media metrics, they had about, uh, 200,000 by, uh, fall of 2012. And by October of 2012, they filed as an S corporation, uh, so relatable Inc. So, uh, Zach and Dave told the new Republic that on average, they were getting about 15 million page views a month and growing like several other blogs. And they admitted that the so relatable blog post shockingly shockingly were not original content and a lot of them were retailer text posts made even more general and diluted uh to apply to everyone um (laughs) quoting zach here i didn't relate to a lot of things i was posting about but like you read online that a lot of people were going through that so i was like oh i guess that's a relatable thing greenfield said he didn't understand why someone might be nervous in front of the police for no reason he didn't understand about complaints about substitute teachers those were jokes that i just blatantly wouldn't get but if an unfamiliar feeling was mentioned enough online greenfield would write about it i'm um, so sorry that was, like that was a, dave like a, actually a, a, a boy that was made in a lab Mm-hmm. a boy that was made in a lab to be a business major who then drops out after the first semester literally like that's that's that, what like, it's about. I should go to grad school and I should get a business <laughs> degree. 
I you should. I, do, I think I'd be really good. I'd at be it. camp. Yeah, <laughs> you, you would be really good at it. Again, you are the Black Patri- Patrick Bateman. So, uh, yeah, and I think all the little business major boys would love me, and they'd all do my mm-hmm. homework for me. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't know what the homework is at business school. We'd be drawing graphs, um, <laughs> but it's okay because I wouldn't be doing it. Like, it's just so clear from this quote that both of them realize they need to like cut corners and do certain tricks in order to make relatable content even more relatable to everyone, which is like, even at the time, a really common technique. They're clearly mimicking like people like BuzzFeed, like who are the Sterling Cooper of relatable content, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they spend like a lot of time researching their demographic, what sentence needs to be the longest in a sentence in like a in like a post like oh the they they say in the new republic article oh the second sentence has to be the longest and that's what gets the most attention is is when the second sentence in a post is the longest and like what kind of typos you should make on purpose so that it'll be funny in other words all the things like a social media manager does now for pennies on the dollar while resisting the urge to shoot themselves in front of all of their coworkers on zoom like the kind of shit that just absolutely is so like mind-numbingly boring and aggravating that they loved doing because it it allowed them to just keep grifting, right? Mm-hmm. Um so like taking a segue for a second, speaking of the grifting, let's talk about those banner ads I mentioned that they were using so prominently. So like one of the few ways Tumblr users learned how to make money off of blogging was through posting banner ads on their blogs using Google AdSense and Google AdSense would essentially use harvested data of the people viewing your blog on a desktop and slap whatever ad their algorithm felt applied to the user. I used to have a banner ad. Um, Yeah. I didn't make that much money off of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I would get like a hundred dollars or something a month, um, which like felt, felt like a lot, but um, I remember being like, annoying and telling my followers to go on my page and click and I would mm-hmm. like um <laughs> go ask like other uh people that I was like mutuals with that had uh banner ads and like big enough accounts to like um promote like something of mine so that more people would click on my my blog and click on my banner ad and then I would do the same thing for them and all of it was to get like a hundred dollars um i was about to mention the the trading of reblog for reblog and reblog for clicks oh Um, yeah (laughs) like it's it's it was a very common practice like because because the thing is is that um like google forbids click fraud which means they like track your ip and you can't just like click on an ad on your personal blog all day and expect to get paid um and also like these banner ads only like most people on tumblr were using just the dashboard which is just the feed of content from all the blogs you follow and if you unless you were like a dedicated follower and fan of this one blog you didn't see those blog those like banner ads unless you went directly to the blog itself um which opened and usually opened like an external link uh to the blog um so banner ads again like had these sort of like barriers in place where it made it kind of hard to monetize your content directly and also just like 
even the monetization itself that you did have had some barriers in place. So what Tumblr users started to do, like you said, was come up with strategies to like evade that click fraud. Um, well, and and for flagging. me and my friends, it was a lot of like all of us were like broke. Like mm-hmm. some of the people that I was involved with were like in very like unstable housing situations, but like no one had money. Um, yeah. so it was, uh, like, a, I guess like a workaround to like not being able to, um, donate any money to like, mm-hmm. didn't have really go fund me's back then either. No, um, no, not but, like, really. Someone's like PayPal or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. instead, so, like someone would like build a bot to like click something or just to like to tell their mm-hmm. followers to click their things instead but you you really couldn't get enough money from from that unless you were very very popular um yeah unless you were super like, popular fuel something because i i i don't remember what the numbers would be for like how many clicks i would have needed to get to get 100 but it felt like a huge feat every month when mm-hmm. it happened mm-hmm. and like what's a hundred dollars gonna do it was yeah 2011 a hundred dollars spent a little bit differently back then but not not that much differently now all you again can get with a hundred dollars is a single drink from starbucks again like a, even like some of the most popular blogs it wasn't like you were making a ton of money unless you were someone like tumblr user pizza you know like it it was pretty hard to do which is why you had things like reblog for reblog or like reblog for click where you kind of like trade back and forth, like I'll reblog this post um, and I'll like, I'll help you get like some clout here and there. And like, you can click on my ads um, and like, they would kind of trade back and forth. Like, Oh, don't click on like the clothing ads or don't click on like these ads. Cause they give me less money. Like keep refreshing until like, it's like an ad for a bank or something. Um, and Dave and Zach were, relying heavily on like Google AdSense banners and doing these like trades right back and forth, the reblog for reblogs and reblogs for clicks. Um, that was like a main source of income for them. Um, and it varied in payments depending on like how many clicks they could get. But by the end of 2013, according to their tax returns, they had made about $250,000 from, uh, Google's premium version of AdSense double click. Um, so like again, they were very much just exploiting the system as much as they possibly could. Um, they started thinking of a way to build a company that would connect brands to Tumblr blogs, cutting out AdSense and verbatim from the article, becoming the middleman and taking a cut. They wanted they like from the beginning, like I said, they wanted to be the middle manager. Um, and thus, like another company of theirs was born, which they called Exposely. Um, and they had partnered with a guy named Dennis Hegstad who at this point was a floppy haired emo boy who gained popularity on MySpace um, and became a marketing guy. He's like 23. Um, He made a t-shirt that said blow kisses, not Coke that made him a fair amount of money. Um, And then (laughs) like, so of the time, you know, like, Oh, like what an insufferable like t-shirt to make. And like exactly the kind of t-shirt, a bunch of like very insufferable MySpace people would buy. Um, and then like he made like Songsly, which was like a platform where you could buy viral, you could pay like a viral video creator is what the article said, but it really means YouTuber to use your songs. Um, like 
all the like all three of these men just absolute like marketing goons just like these little tiny goons grifting their way through the internet and then at the end of uh 2013 adsense banned dave and zach just when they were due to pay them a large check which is about fifty thousand dollars um this this kind of grew from a controversy uh about google's adsense like an anonymous google employee posted an alleged account on pastebin uh claiming that adsense intentionally bans people just before big checks are due a lot of the big tech blogs thought this was fake, but regardless, it was credited as like a catalyst for a couple of like class action lawsuits against Google, including one where the site's owner claimed um, that Google allegedly owed them $535,000. Um, both suits were dismissed in 2015, but to like quote Business Insider, uh, Google often behaves so mysteriously that many advertisers and publishers will actually welcome the suit. It may finally shed some light on exactly why Google kicks websites out of its vast $60 billion a year advertising system. So seeing that, Dave and Zach continued to build Exposely in response to being like ousted by AdSense. Um, and Dave worked uh, on support like just the technical side of things. And Zach worked on recruiting a bunch of different Tumblr teens um, from those same like group trading uh, reblog circles for AdSense clicks. Um, and Exposely offered like publishers two ways to make money, which was pay per click, which is what we mentioned before. Um, but they kind of set up three different like garbage content sites with slideshows of like celebrities that look like different things or funny mm -hmm. cats. And then each slide of the slideshow had an ad on it and the Tumblr user they were partnered with would pick a couple of the slides with a link and a caption and just re-upload them and be like, oh my God, this is so funny. Like, click it here. Uh, and every time like someone clicked on the ad, the ad uh, tracked which blog sent the traffic and then the Tumblr user would be paid about 75% of the ad traffic. And then this is the key one, which is what we're going to be talking about, which is pay per conversion. And so Dennis started a partnership with a health affiliate network, which is annoying speak for a company that hawks non-FDA approved medical fads. Um, so you create an ad mimicking a Tumblr post and the ad would include a link to one of the diet pill sites owned by a health affiliate. Um, the Tumblr users Exposely was affiliated with would reblog the ad to reach their followers if someone clicked on the ad and then bought a bottle of raspberry flavored ketone pills. Um, the Tumblr user who reblogged the ad would get around $18 and Exposely would take about a $20 cut. Um, I, I just want to say like the, the raspberry pills that I mentioned, like that's the main diet pill that they were all, uh, all these Tumblr users were uh, like hawking. Um, so <laughs> raspberry ketone was a diet fad Initially promoted by Dr. Oz, um, who oh, is okay. like... so we yeah. know it's legit then. <laughs> yeah, so we definitely know it's legit. And around 2013, a 24-year-old woman uh, died, uh, <laughs> overdosed on them. Um, so these pills are like, they're, they were marketed as like a miracle fat-burning uh, pill. Um, and that they also uh, had a lot of caffeine in them. So... They were tested on mice and it worked a little bit on mice. And I guess they were like good enough for humans. And they just kind of like uh, started selling these like, you know, sugar pills. Um, 
and that caffeine in them obviously makes you feel like something's happening and something's working. So, um, and it also helps you kind of lose weight because if you take enough caffeine, you shit your brains out. Right. So it, they don't work. (laughs) That's, that's what we can confirm. Um, so while recruiting, this is when Zach got in contact with pizza to be one of their clients this is following hot off the tails of her uh, hashtag black people controversy. And Jess still has about like around 500,000 followers at this time. Daddy Carp is still following her. She's still pretty popular. Um, so like this whole controversy that happened didn't like, as it does for most white people, didn't actually like cause her downfall. It just put her in slightly bad standing with the community as it at the current moment. Um, like I said before, but anyway, before Dave and Zach made Exposely, they had paid Jess before like $10 to reblog like three of their posts on her blogs. Um, in uh, April of 2014, Zach messaged Jess and asked her to be one of their first publishers on Exposely. And uh, so quoting the New Republic article again, uh, Lily wrote diet pill ads um, cool. Zach Lilly <laughs> and wrote all the diet pill ads and as with all of his work on Tumblr he did it well uh, he began by reading up on David Ogilvy, the father of advertising and he learned the best ad is often the one that doesn't seem like an ad the idea was to make an ad that looked like the word of mouth from a fellow user he said it's easy to ignore a tv spot by a stranger but if it's presented to you in a way like in a way that she's your peer, she's similar person to you. You don't even know uh, her in the same way, but it feels like you. It seems more genuine, you know, more relatable. Mm-hmm. And she, he goes on to talk about how he made uh, like blogs, like "Hi, I'm Brittany, and this is my weight loss story. My best friend recommended it, and it really helped me. I lost twenty four pounds." Da 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 da. Um, here's how I did it with my organic supplement that my best friend recommended. Like, things that now people do all the fucking time. Like, all the time. As, like, a TikTok influencer, you are somebody's best friend, recommending it to 1,000 million trillion best friends that are your followers. Um, like, it's all pretty much that. Um, oh, and you're, it's not an ad. This is just really, this is something I really like. Nobody's paying me to do this. Da, 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 da. Like, this is so common now. It's just, it's very funny that the article, it was made in 2016, but it's just funny the way it treats it like this is so novel when it became so commonplace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so Jess's role was to reblog these posts pretty frequently. Um, and then for about two months, she climbed her way to like 1 million followers, right? Like I said in the beginning of this. And she earned about $50,000 total from this partnership, according to her. Um, Quoting from the Sydney Herald, um, from her interview, by day, Miller was your average schoolgirl. Out of the classroom, she was a mega-earning online superstar. Her friends were making $12 an hour after school while Miller would come home and she would find she had made hundreds of dollars. I could buy whatever I wanted. Um, So, like, again, like, teenagers went from making nothing to suddenly making, like, $50,000 in the course of two months, like a crazy amount of money. Um, Just like us. Yeah. And, you know, with that, I'd like to talk about 
advertising for a second. And I want to show off to the piggies yes. and the warriors yes. that Cerise is not the only one who can quote theory. I too I, went to liberal arts college. You know, <laughs> like, I don't want that to be my thing. <laughs> I'm trying to stop reading. Um, and you know what? Michael Parenti has something to say about the purpose of ads in mass media. He has a book um, called Inventing Reality from 1986. And I just want to say, if you're, if you're looking to, if you're like, man, if one day one of you is out there like, man, I really want to read Manufacturing Consent by Noam Chomsky, I would consider reading this instead because it's the same thing. And it's like the same concept that he's talking about, like all of the same concepts. Um, but I feel like Parenti knows more. <laughs> Parenti is one of those um, guys that I've never read. Like he's, uh, he's I know a lot he's of my interesting. friends like him, just haven't gotten to it yet. He's interesting. I I like his stuff a lot. Um, I I particularly like inventing reality. It's 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 mainly about news media because obviously it's it's 1986. Um, but it's also um, he has a section in there uh, that I particularly want to talk about, um, and it is chapter four of the book. I wanted to focus mainly on chapter four, the big sell. There's quite a lot of chapters just mainly about like how the news media manipulates um, politics and how it um, like, you know, conceals and obfuscates. Um, but the big sell is, is about um, advertising in particular. Um, where he kind of stops to just kind of talk about um, what he calls the consumer ideology. Um, and I'd love to talk about it. It's, it's so fun. Um, how he defines consumer ideology is, uh, quote, um, people have always had to consume in order to live. And in every class society, consumption styles have been a measure of one's status, but modern consumerism is relatively recent development in which masses of people seek to accumulate things other than what they need and often other than what they can truly enjoy. Consumption is no longer just a means to life, but a meaning for life. This is the essence of consumer ideology. So he's mainly talking about how like um, advertising is, is constantly marketing you things you don't need um to promote desires that you didn't even know you had because you don't have them they're not real um and they're they're made up things like you know like you you think of famous examples like diamonds right being something that weren't um a a need or a want but now they are they are so intertwined with like the idea of marriage um thanks to the, to the De Beers corporation that that's like like how we see marriage is like you see the consumer good first, right? Things like that. Mm -hmm. um, the he says things like uh, cons the consumer ideology not only fabricates false needs, it panders in a false way to real ones. The desire for companionship, love, approval, and pleasure, the need to escape from drudgery and boredom, the search for security in oneself and one's family. Such things are vital human concerns. The consumer ideology does something more pernicious than just activate our urge for conspicuous consumption. Like so much else in the media and like other forms of false consciousness, 
consumerism plays on real on real human needs in deceptive and ultimately unfulfilling ways. It, there's, and you can tell from like the way that he words, like Zach is wording these diet pill things. He's playing on that thing of like, hi, I'm a real person. And I like, you definitely need this pill because like, I look just like you. And like, I like needed to lose 24 pounds. You also need to lose 24 pounds. You are ugly and, and you are less, you are, less beautiful, less healthy, less fast, less intelligent, if you don't have these things, is a constant thing that Parenti is talking about in this chapter. Um, and towards the end, he he talks about how um, the work, quote, the world of mass advertising teaches us that want and frustration are caused by our own deficiencies. The goods are within easy reach before our very eyes in dazzling abundance available not only to the rich, but to millions of ordinary citizens, those who cannot afford to partake in this cornucopia have only themselves to blame, goes the implicit message. The failure is yours, not the systems. The advertisement of consumer wares, then, is also an advertisement of the whole capitalist system, a demonstration that the system can deliver both goods and the good life to everyone, save laggards and incompetents. So if we take that perception right because this again this book was made in 1986 it's a very hyper consumerist decade um and we kind of apply it to this here i think you could kind of say almost that the inverse is true that like the advertiser um the advertiser's fault um in not being able to advertise to you properly if not um given the right if if not given the right resources is not the society's fault but the advertiser themselves mm-hmm. and the advertiser being the influencer right so like if we think about how in July of 2014 exposedly was banned from AdSense relate and in around like August 19th uh Zach tries to log into so relatable finds himself logged out and he tries to go to the blog and it no longer exists. Jess tries to log into pizza and she's completely logged out and the blog no longer exists. And thou- like a couple hundred blogs that they were all partnered with have also lost their blogs because they were deleted for violating the terms of service by running and participating in the diet pills scheme because it falls under their no spam or affiliate marketing clause. Um, you can see how these children were kind of mimicking the behavior of an advertiser, right? They were kind of playing mad men dress up and they all kind of took a, I wouldn't call it harmless because they were marketing diet pills. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But I would say that like a lot of them, even like to a certain extent, as much as I find them incredibly insufferable and definitely way more at fault in this and have way more like, nefarious motivations behind it i can see like the appeal for people like um david and zach for them to just be like okay like we're gonna we're gonna be like all of these digital marketing companies we're seeing on the rise we like we as teenagers as 18 year olds know the internet is the future of where money is and what's more important than making money like, let's also be advertisers. Something Zach brings up in the article and he complains about to the New Republic is that he didn't think the ads would get them banned because Tumblr also ran ads for diet pills. 
they right. ads that, for diet pills that also contained raspberry ketones like and used that as part of the advertising so when tumblr does it they're not at fault but when a child tries to mimic that exact kind of scamming behavior that they see works so well for other people including um like people like Dennis who told these boys like, yeah, you'll get like equity stake and exposedly and then took the company from them afterwards and then deleted it all afterwards and just kind of moved on with his life. Um, you think about how those kids really just kind of thought like, oh, like the failure is mine and not uh, the system that has, that is also profiting off of, um, me like marketing their their shitty diet pills you know they got more money off of this than i think any of these kids saw i would bet um and you know tumblr user pizza uh lost her blog um she said that she stayed in bed for like three days afterwards um and that she was like very despondent. She joined a couple group chats with like kids who also got their blogs deleted and they were all like, I don't know. I feel like I've lost um, like a huge part of my social life, a huge social circle. It's something the New Republic article points out a lot that like for these kids, like on Tumblr, like Tumblr was very much part of their social life and their, um, it was like a lot of it was just like, this was their entire social circle and this was like a very big outlet for them. And the diet pills weren't exactly um, like something that like it wasn't part, unlike Zach and Dave, it wasn't their priority, right? It was just something that they were asked to do. And they were like, okay, like I'll make some money off of this. And they didn't, they should have read the terms and services more carefully. But honestly, as an adult, who reads the terms and services really carefully, right? <laughs> like, like it, it, it doesn't really happen that often. And to like, to quote one like anonymous blogger from the New Republic article, uh, they never thought it was a violation in the first place. One blogger told me, no one tried to be sneaky. All they saw was money, not the safety of their blog, which was potentially worth more than whatever they made. So like, and you can tell from the way that like the, the group chats were and the way Jess talks about her blog and how she felt like a huge part of her life was just like gone, even all like, you know, she had a boyfriend who also had a Tumblr blog and they kind of were popular together at that time. Like that, all those conversations they had together gone, all the like friends that she had made on that platform, like those ties were severed. And like a lot of people again, like she was in bad standing at this time. We're like, good, she's gone. Like, bye. And kind of forgot about her. And what is a teenager's nightmare more than anything than to be forgotten, you know? Um, And I just like, when I think about this sort of story that kind of has become like folklore of the internet, right? Um, I think about like how, again, these kids were playing like, like we're mimicking what they already saw was available to them to do. And then we're punished for doing the exact same thing that all these advertisers do themselves. And now um, that like spawn con dirty grifting has been amplified by 10 million percent. These kids on TikTok can take bad deals with vitamin companies 
like all the time, seemingly without parental consent. I really would like to know what the like financials, like the legality of financials with making deals with teenagers is on TikTok. Um, if anyone knows, I'd, I'd love to to get some perspective on that. But it seems like they can just kind of take a shitty deal with a company and get screwed out of it if they, you know, if if they violate some terms of service in the contract that they were, you know, that they just kind of signed on a whim. And these 20-somethings who have like never driven a bag of Chinese food to someone's door in their life and never will, will tell other 20-somethings that they should quit their jobs and become full-time dashers. They get like roped into doing propaganda schemes for these like companies that work off of independent contractors that are still constantly facing um like just terrible terrible working conditions um and you know they've taken Jess and Zach and Dave's like diet pill scheme and created like a different beast where their fans like openly applaud them viral grifting they'll be like yes get that bag like do it like yeah get get that money um and like to quote Parenti, like one of the goals is, of advertising is to turn the consumer's critical perception away from the product and away from the system that produces it towards herself or himself. And now that perception is not just about how you as the consumer of the ad can be better, cleaner, faster, prettier with this product, but you can gain attention from someone you care about in the ad itself, someone who's in the ad who you care about, who you want to see you and to be seen by, the influencer might be able to pay attention to you if you buy this product too, right? And if, or if you just participate with the ad. Like I see a lot of kids being like, what's your favorite color in like a SpawnCon ad for their favorite influencer? Because what's your favorite color is a easy way for... Um, you to get more comment attention. So everyone starts commenting like blue, purple, red, blah, 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 in order to put more comments within the TikTok itself, which shows the algorithm like, oh, a lot of people are interacting with this and then they'll boost it to more people's for you pages. So like people are still doing, ch children are still doing this, like these like different, like dirty get rich quick The children scheme. long for the mines. We need <laughs> to bring back child labor. <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, I'm going to, like, again, again, you know, those who cannot afford to partake in this cornucopia have only themselves to blame, and instead they should try to participate. If they can't buy the product, they should at least boost me in the algorithm <laughs> so that I can get to people who can buy the product. Um, exactly. And that's the lesson to take from today is uh, go to bigsoynaturals.church and Big buy our merch. Church. Buy stuff from us. Um, mm -hmm. I think that like maybe uh, depending on like how much other stuff I have going on in my life, there should be like a line of things on the merch store that have the words kill my landlord written on it the money from that is going directly to me in order to buy my house because i um my my homeowner era is potentially coming really soon because my landlord is so stupid 
mm-hmm. and did not pay the bills for the house that I'm living in. And so it's, it's so be wild. Like, it's going to be up for auction by the city uh, for like the the cost of the debt, which like I really don't I don't understand. Um, I feel like as a landlord, you have one th- job, which is to just like take my money and I don't know whatever it is that they do with it. Um, but to like, not like the property taxes for my house is like $600. Like I'm absolutely paying more than $600 for the year for oh, rent. Yeah. So I don't really understand why they would like neglect doing that for years and years to the point where the house is like going to be seized. I think that it's, it's some like big, uh, like national company that owns tons of properties so anyway, if you want to maybe help they're me all also buying raspberry ketone pills. Who knows? A house because I do not really have enough money to buy my house, but I might. Maybe if everyone buys a shirt, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you get in on the Patreon, maybe. Or if you send me a thousand dollars in the mail for yeah. a limited time only, I will accept a thousand dollars in the mail rather than a 3d printed gun you Um, know much like much like a a tiktoker like i mentioned we also accept uh non-fungible ways to uh support us including leaving a review on apple podcasts and spotify yep sending us an email like rewarding us with that sweet sweet engagement we love engagement mm-hmm. following us on twitter and instagram we're yeah, big soy name, naturals everywhere and my name is commodify this everywhere that matters and i am she herzog everywhere that matters and oh my god we came under two this hours i have to two register hours. to you vote have to, you have to register to vote you gotta go I to, to no. www.vote.gov or like i don't even know where do you register who do you to want vote? me to vote for ron paul who's running for office these days i don't even I could, know i could write um, in any candidate you want if you want I me to do a write-in like portland elections <laughs> uh let's see uh who's upcoming elections is this what i need to know um this is how checked out i am from voting i i really don't know what's what's happening although i don't know why i would need to know what's happening in portland um okay november 3rd no this is 2020 um maybe that maybe they're not having an election this year i feel like there's always voting this is this is like midterms though so there's gotta be elections um well what are we doing we're trying to we're trying to find out who you're gonna vote you, you for know, no, no keep keep doing this because if we go for another 20 minutes i still win the bet and you just have to buy me a beverage and i don't have to register to vote <laughs> okay well the election is november 8th and mm-hmm. so i i have some time to decide who you're gonna vote for i mm-hmm. will uh as again i can write in I will do my research, okay? Mm -hmm. I will come prepared with a list of candidates and some other ones that I made up, and I will decide who you're going to vote for. Maybe maybe you can vote for Barack Obama a third time because I know that you want to. Um, I'm going to put... I'm going to put on November 1st on the calendar, Cerise has to tell me who to vote for. Um, I'm going to make sure you have to tell me. Again, you can make me write in any candidate you want. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I am proud to exercise my my right as a citizen to write in a candidate. You're gonna end up getting jury duty. Ugh. Gross. I want jury duty so bad. I'm gonna show I, up there. You, and I'm gonna be you like, would be... <laughs> free them. I don't care who it is. <laughs> I think that's how you get out of jury duty. <laughs> well, I won't say that out loud. Okay, but that'll okay, be my okay. plot the whole time. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> well, okay, thank you for everyone. joining us, everybody. Bye. I'm so Bye. glad that Kendall's back from the dead. <laughs> missed you. I missed you too. Bye. Bye. When I smoke the sea, cause I'm such a fiend. High as a kite, smoking Walter White. When I smoke the blue and I smoke the purple. Smoking on the blunt, cause I wanna run. Smoking on the green, cause it makes me lean. Smoking on a gun, I smoke and scream. When I hit the blunt, it's a paper cut. When I hit the blunt, I get fuck. When I hit the blunt, I don't give a fuck. I don't want smoke, I just wanna smoke. I don't want smoke, I just wanna smoke. I don't want smoke, I just wanna smoke. When I hit the pipe, I'm like Walter White. Walter. When I hit the smoke, I feel like a dope. Dope. Yeah, I like green because it makes me lean. And I smoke high because I'm blowing clouds. When I'm getting high, then it's time to smoke. When I'm smoking loud, then it's time to blow clouds. When I hit the blunt, I don't give a fuck. When I hit the blunt, it's like, give a fuck. I don't want smoke, I just want smoke. 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 This so in naturals.